Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Listen again for your goosebumps on the double. on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. Today it's back and more dangerous than ever, but we can talk about fascism some other time, because today we're reviewing Goosebumps number 18, Monster Blood 2. Taking a quick look at the classic Tim Jacobus cover art there, got a nice uh, yellow-orange green colour scheme that I think complements the, uh, the central events in the book. You'll notice on the cover there, the monster blood itself seems to take secondary place to the the, the big-ass hamster, um, which makes sense if you read the story. Uh, tagline is, he's one hungry hamster. He's not, actually. He's big, but the, he's never actually really hungry. He's just, he's just a big hamster. And the blurb reads as follows. It's back. I said it like that because there's three A's in the word back. I'm not just very camp. Evan Ross can't stop thinking about Monster Blood and what happened last summer. It was horrible. So terrifying. All right, you know, you did write the book. Too bad Evan's science teacher doesn't believe him. Now he's stuck cleaning out the hamster's cage as punishment for making up stories. No, that's not the end of it. Then Evan's friend Andy comes to town and things go from bad to worse because Andy's got a present for Evan. It's green and slimy and it's starting to grow. So our story follows Evan, who of course was the protagonist of the first Monster Blood book. He's moved to Atlanta with his parents and um, he's having a pretty tough time fitting in at the new school because he told people about the Monster Blood from the first book. And for some reason nobody believes him. He also has daydreams in science class and wakes up screaming and that makes him the subject of fun, which is nice. So his science teacher's really got in for him. He thinks he's a really disruptive, naughty kid. And the school's bully, Conan, or Conan the Barbarian, tries to make his life a living hell because uh, he is the antagonist. In a very convenient coincidence, Andy, who went through the Monster Blood adventure in the first book with Evan, also moves to Atlanta and she brings with her the can of original monster blood. Just the empty can, despite it having vanished at the end of the first book. And she suggests that Evan can show that to people at his school and, you know, show that he didn't actually make it up. However, when they open the can, it's revealed there must have been a tiny little speck of monster blood left in there because it's already started uh, growing inside the can. This should not be surprising for Andy. She, again, went through the whole ordeal with Evan in the first book. She knows exactly what Monster Blood is capable of and very irresponsibly brings it with her. No excuses on that one. In their panic, they think it's a good idea to bury the Monster Blood in a park. Again, they know it keeps growing exponentially. It's just going to eventually outgrow the park and probably cause severe environmental damage, but that's what they decide to do. But that's not enough, because later they get the idea, well, Andy gets the idea, to feed a bit of monster blood to Cuddles, which is Mr. Murphy the Science Teacher's sort of, um, uh, class hamster. It's his pride and joy. And so Andy suggests, look, let's just feed a bit of monster blood to the hamster, and it'll grow really big and it'll freak out. Very silly idea, because she actually saw what monster blood did to Evan's dog, Trigger, in the first book, and that was almost catastrophic. She really did not uh, 
take on board this life-changing and reality-shattering experience, and certainly he doesn't dread it the way that Evan seems to. But when they go back to the park, the monster blood's gone. They realise that Conan must have uh, seen them burying it, and um, he must have it, so they resolve to sneak into his house to steal back the monster blood. They almost get caught in a thrilling little sequence where they sort of sneak around his room, breaking and entering, which is not something the you know, protagonist of a kid's book usually does, but that's what he does. And they get the monster blood back. Well, good thing that all worked out. Except it doesn't, because Andy goes ahead with her plan to feed a bit of uh, monster blood to Cuddles the hamster. She does it from a good place, you know. Um, Evan's really miserable because his science teacher's a real dick, and he gets humiliated at basketball practice or basketball tryouts by Conan the Barbarian. She's having a really, really crap time of it. So she does it to try and cheer him up. But, uh, but it, is, it, it is a silly idea. And next morning, Mr. Murphy and the science class find out that Cuddles has grown to the size of, I think, a, a small dog. Andy and Evan resolve to check him out the next morning, and for who saw this coming, the hamster has grown huge and is still growing. And this is the climax of the book, how to deal with this massive hamster that can potentially eat people. You don't see it, but that's the implication. It's big enough to just chomp through somebody. At this point, it's worth mentioning that Evan's dad was a sculptor, and earlier in the book, Evan sees a sculpture that he's made for the school art contest, and it's a big wheel, not unlike a hamster wheel. So Andy and Evan drag it from the auditorium, and Cuddles chews through it. He doesn't want that hamster wheel. It's a really good swerve. So with plan A down the drain, Evan resorts to plan B and eats a bit of monster blood to try and, uh, you know, size up against the uh, the hamster in a uh, Godzilla versus King Kong-esque moment. But tis not to be, and he doesn't grow big enough in time to, uh, to combat the giant hamster, and he's about to be eaten, when suddenly both him and Cuddles go back to the regular size. Why is that? Andy checks the can of monster blood. It expires on that day. So Evan's a hero. The whole school, including Mr. Murphy, has seen that this monster bot is actually the real deal. And uh, as his reward, he gets to look after Cuddles the Hamster. Ah, he doesn't even like Cuddles. He has to look after it. That's not a reward. Ah. Um, yeah, the story ends with Cuddles eating some monster bot again. But you don't have to think about that. So, this is the first sequel we get in the Goosebumps book. And I think it does a very good job in following on and continuing the events of the first one. We've got Evan who's trying to make sense of this bizarre ordeal he had in the first book, and understandably, no one believes him. You know, the only person who sort of understands it is the person he went through it with. On top of that, we've got a lot of Evan trying just to fit in. You know, he is, remember, in a new school, and uh, on top of his struggles with Monster Blood, we see him dealing with bullies and dealing with obnoxious teachers, and uh, trying out uh, for a school basketball team. One of the most exciting events in the book is actually Evan and Andy sneaking into Conan's house, which has no supernatural elements in it. It's just well-written. A good example of how the supernatural doesn't have to always be the, the, the most exciting part of the book. While I understand it has to happen for the point of plot development, there's no reason for Andy to uh, be as cavalier with the monster blood as she is. Again, she went through it with Evan, she knows how dangerous it was, 
she should not be feeding it to hamsters, having seen it, what it does to animals in the first book, and she shouldn't even have brought it with her. You sort of, you give her a pass because, you know, she does it out of the kindness of her heart to try and, you know, help out um, Evan, who's having such a bad time. But in all reality, you would stay away from that substance for the rest of your life. I mentioned in my review of the first Monster Blood that R.L. Stein makes an absolute balls up of trying to explain its origin. Instead of having a story about this alien goo that just grows for no reason, he tries to explain it with magic. You know, there was actually nothing originally wrong with the Monster Blood. It was a curse put on it by his aunt's cat. Watch the review. It's, it's, a, it's a bad climax. Fortunately, all the magic elements in this are gone, and Monster Blood is exactly what it should be. Just a substance with no explanation behind it, but you understand that it's dangerous. Furthermore, the actual monster blood itself doesn't really become a threat. It's never explained what happens to the goo after it keeps growing. You know, in the first book, it just kept growing and becoming a huge mass. In this one, it's confined to just the hamster that keeps growing, which we did see in the first book in the form of um, Evan's dog, Trigger. But... Uh, in this case, it's supplemented a lot by the aforementioned drama and um, the aforementioned non-supernatural elements. So it doesn't feel like it's repeating the same formula. It actually feels a lot more fleshed out, and it's definitely a lot more interesting of a read. In short, Monster Blood 2 is a great continuation of the series and actually fixes many of the faults in the first Monster Blood book. I highly recommend Monster Blood 2. It is, in many ways, uh, classic Goosebumps. You have a good mix of horror and also drama and, you know, a relatable character in a situation we can empathise with. It makes for a very entertaining read. That's all for this week's episode, but please join me next time in which I review Goosebumps number 19, Deep Trouble. In the meantime, thank you so much for watching, and as always, please stay spooky.